This is exactly right. now are you oh <laughs> they're not supposed to know about your pre-show cry oh <laughs> hello everybody are we recording <sighs> i wish you guys knew what a nightmare it was from when karen got here in my apartment until we started recording i just asked for an eight minute sob before we start just to get it out yeah it's better is it <laughs> for me <laughs> this is my favorite murder that's right. That's Karen. That's Hello, Georgia. Let's <laughs> start off. There's nothing worse than when we do it correctly. I feel like there's. it feels terrible to do it right. Well, this isn't that kind of podcast. Like, this isn't that. This isn't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's no second takes. Although, I have to say, I would love if Steven could ever get his act together <laughs> for a little bit of, uh, just a little bit of intro music. <laughs> Can wouldn't we please? Yeah. Wouldn't it be fun? Just play like your theme song like out loud in the apartment. Yeah, or y- yes, oh, yeah. you could do that. Or if you got a keyboard, throw it over, throw it over to the bossa nova rhythm. Yeah, the samba setting. Yeah, get us pumped. Get us a little, just a little like talking yeah. intro music, like loud enough that it's over the crying, over Karen sobbing, yeah. so that yeah. like I can ignore it. I wind the sobbing out yeah. slowly, and you intro the. And that way, music. I don't accidentally introduce a different podcast. That's a good idea. <laughs> well, I mean, or whatever comes out. <laughs> what Sorry. if we just have it as the whatever comes out allowance? That reminds me. Oh, uh, what are we going to call our tour? I don't, so do we, we have, have to a name tour. It? I, we don't, but I think it'd be funny to have just a bunch of ideas of names okay. and like never settle on one. Okay, well then, my first idea is monsters of rock. <laughs> What's your first idea? Um, the F word murder mystery tour. Great. Then I'm gonna have to fucking give a cut to someone's dad, whoever made up that name. Um, You're real angry see. this episode. <laughs> uh, we could also do. Um, it's just we could call ourselves the Gin Blossoms. <laughs> I'm all minor band jokes. It's not good. Uh, should we do? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I guess we don't need one. I mean, no, I would have a sign behind us, no. if we, like at the show. Nope. Who's gonna make it? <laughs> not Who's it. Gonna hang One, two, it. Who's gonna hang Who's it? Who's gonna hang it or make it? Stephen just raised All his Steven. hand. Oh my! We're just gonna keep, we're gonna keep piling shit on you that you have to fucking do. What if we call it Stephen's Piles Tour? The piles of Stephen. What's that mean? It's just piles of shit he has to do tour. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> It's called. I like that you immediately lost track of what was happening. Piles, but like I thought, I was thinking like like Gomer piles. So I was thinking you're calling Stephen Stephen piles, like Mm. Gomer piles. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Great. Uh, What if we cancel the tour? (laughs) Because this is such a problem, and it can't be solved. Um, Cool. How we call, what if we call it the dry shampoo tour? Because I swear to God, I planned on bathing before I came here, uh, but I didn't. I was doing other stuff. This is a safe place to not bathe. Oh my God, but I, 
the amount of dry shampoo I've started depending on oh, yeah. lately. Do you use it too? Yes. And your hair looks full and it looks like you look like a mod, like, yeah, like a mod model model. Ooh. Like yeah. it's full and bouncy and I fucking love it. Oh, okay. Thank yeah, you. It's great. I'm going to start doing that then. I also think I might need more layers. It's not, we should not. Be I love it. I love this. your hair right now. Thanks. Uh, uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh, you guys loved the year end Guy Brenham spectacular episode. Yes. Thanks for all your positive uh, feedback on that. Yeah. We're going to ha- definitely have him back on. I don't love that it was one of your favorites because I'm sorry. <laughs> what have we been doing this fucking 50 episodes? Hey, look, uh, we get it. Yeah. Yeah, we get it. We get it. You like when there's someone else. <laughs> talking to anyone us. else anyone else who has correct information look fine we'll do it then we'll fine we'll fine. be fucking smart then. okay and we'll do it watch this watch <laughs> how much you don't enjoy this i'm gonna name every state and every roman numeral right <laughs> now um i can kick off a corrections corner by saying yes the Sandra Bullock movie is two weeks notice. And yes, I said it was called six weeks notice <laughs> while claiming to be her number one fan. Two weeks is not enough. I feel like six weeks, I think I feel like is the legal amount. I'm sorry. Six weeks. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two weeks is like me getting fired from being a secretary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but six weeks is like when you're a fucking lawyer, when like Sandra Bullock was. Yeah, you're a professional. Thank you. Right. Was she? There, right? She was. Fuck. She was a lawyer. Don't even know that. Very good. Um, um, I just felt like the movie took so long it couldn't have been two weeks that she when she gave it. Do you notice. really like that movie like legitimately? Oh yes, I'll like, watch it every time. I know you will, but like, is it like a? You know, it's a bad movie. Watch. Nope, it's not a bad movie. G- Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock are equal parts. He's the British version. They're the equal pers- person of themselves. Oh. They're the mirror reflection of each other. They're like riffy yet real. And they're kind of like mumbly bumbly but So they're playing very brother attractive. and sister in this episode. No, this they're, they're attracted to each other. Yeah, but they're playing brother and sister. But they're, which is the part I like. It's a real <laughs> Game of Thrones situation. Um, and well, yet there's a corporate element to it, which I also love. It just bums me out. Like I see movies like that and I'm like, oh, what if you how to fucking live your life by working in an office every fucking day you know part uh the part that i love in that movie um and there's details like this that always stick out to me you can tell when either the person that wrote the movie or sandra bullock herself mm-hmm. there's a part where she orders chinese food you're like this isn't how it's just not how people like the idea is that she's gonna totally binge on chinese food right. but it's way too much chinese food yeah like you already get a ton of chinese food when you just get four or five things like we know here's what you get you get a poultry and you get maybe get a shrimp and then you get a noodle or a rice yes and like and maybe some like like um egg rolls because yes. you want a crunchy thing yes that's the it. first thing that you need but yeah four four things entree and maybe you're gonna add the fifth yeah in this thing, she sits on that phone no. and she just keeps ordering dishes. And it's Shut like, up. now I believe that you've scene? never eaten anything besides like an apple and a cup of yogurt <laughs> because you've never allowed yourself to have Chinese That's food. a scene in it. Like, here's how bum she is. I'm pregnant. Is it's that a, a thing? A little bit. It's um, no, but it's just her thing. It's like to show that she's so she's down to earth girl. and normal. She orders like enough Chinese food for seven Chinese families and they usually have four children it's one of those things where it's like and people tweet this all the time like 
I ordered Chinese and they brought, and it was just for me, and they brought eight utensils because that's how much I ordered. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm such a pig. <laughs> I'm cute, you know? And you're like, fucking shut up. <laughs> like, there's that, um, there's this amazing Instagram that I'm obsessed with and I don't know what, exactly what it's called, but it's basically called You Didn't Eat That. <laughs> and it's these photos of models and like actresses that are like, opening their mouth and putting a food thing near it and taking a photo of it. But like, you didn't eat that. That's right. Everyone knows. It's always a carb. Like, it's always like, look at how burger. I'm going to dance with this bowl of spaghetti. Yeah. But you've never actually had that in your mouth. I'm going to dance with this bowl of spaghetti. (laughs) Oh my God. If you want to take a bath in one food product, what Mm. would it be? Because a a spaghetti, a bowl of spaghetti sounds great. Yeah, I think spaghetti and Parmesan cheese mixed together. olive oil. And you just slip right into that. Dude, that sounds... What is wrong with you? That sounds so nice, doesn't it? That sounds so relaxing. After giving your six weeks notice, you just get into that bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe order some Chinese. DoorDash some Chinese. Postmates it straight into the bathroom. (laughs) We're not... This isn't a commercial, by the way. Oh, no. You didn't slip into a commercial. Nope, not at all. (laughs) Oh, we also need music before the commercial. Because the commercials oh, are becoming so chatty, it's not you fair. Can't tell we're not trying to do that. We're not like this. Isn't you guys know that we don't know anything about like editing and fucking engineering and being sneaky and like talking about states. Clearly, here's the other mistake I made. Okay, when we were talking with Guy about legal shit uh-huh. and we were talking about the murder of Harvey Milk. Um, I had to pop pipe up and say, um, and you, I think you said something like, yeah, he was murdered by his coworker and another politician. And I said, that's right. Dan Brown. Uh, the person, the person that murdered Harvey Milk was Dan White. (laughs) Dan Brown is the international best-selling author of the Da Vinci Code. And he absolutely did not kill Harvey. Karen starting rumors is my favorite new corner. (laughs) This is the gossip corner now. Did you know? But did... Did Guy or Georgia, myself, not a correct you? Not a beat. Nope. No one even heard it. Because here's the thing. We're allowed to say whatever the fuck we want. This is our podcast. If you want a factual podcast, go to what you missed in facts. You know what? History. We're on the cutting edge because like this whole thing of like the, there is no reality anymore. Oh my like, God. We've been doing that since last year. This isn't happening. <laughs> you know that. I also feel it's funny that you like I get fucking everything wrong and but you're the one who has corrections corner <laughs> so clearly i'm just like i don't care i don't care i don't care oh if you were if you were a bitch enough to fucking tell me what i got wrong then that sucks but i also think it's hilarious to get sh- like when we get shit wrong i do too there's people though i i accidentally stumbled on this email and i can't rem- i was trying to find do you ever do that thing where you start an email and then you have to go check something else. This happens to me on my phone all the mm-hmm. time. I start to write an email. And then I have to go check and see, I'm like giving the person I'm writing it to someone else's email. And I want to double check to make sure I don't give them the wrong email. Yeah. So I leave the email. Mm. So I hit save draft. Mm-hmm. But then I can't find it in my drafts holder. It's not there. Then I'm like, did I send that email? Oh my God. And then I'm like, and then what if I go back in? Do you send- I start it again and then resend another <gasps> email. I'm so scared. <laughs> I fucking punched my microphone in the face. This is something that I actually went through recently. Do you do that? I mean, I have I have done it once, once before. Where now I'm scared to death that that it's that idea of is it in drafts or did you just send it? It saves it itself, so you can just close it. Here, this is like. But sometimes my, my um, phone oh, doesn't when you're on update the phone. quick enough, so it's like it just updated, but it really didn't. Do you know what I do? Which could be a mistake. Is I start to type in their email address in the email I'm writing. 
and it comes up. Oh, like you're going to CC them. Like you're CCing Fuck. them, and you, but then don't forget to be like, oh yeah, that cunt, here's her email. And then you're like, <laughs> you find it by CCing them, and then you're like, oh shit. Uh, that'd be the best. Wouldn't you're it? you're talking shit about a person that you're also giving their email to the person mm-hmm. you're talking to. Yeah, but you shouldn't hire her on anything, but she's a stupid But anyway, get bitch. a hold of her anyway. Like she's, but like she's going to fuck everyone on that crew. <laughs> Uh, Wait, why was I even citing that example? Mistakes made. It's called My Life. What was it? There was a reason I was saying that, Stephen. What was the reason? Stephen Rewind. Six weeks. Uh, No. That wasn't it, Stephen. You're too far back. Put the phone, put that microphone down. (laughs) Put the phone down. Just on a phone. (laughs) What if Stephen's not like a pay phone in the corner? Stephen, get off that Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Microphones are going everywhere today. Stephen, can you get some better fucking props? What are these props? <laughs> well, we're about... I'm moving, and so this oh, is yeah, about that's to... exciting. I'll be... Like, I'm kind of sad. This is our, like, setup. We need, Dude, like... We need I won't a video be sad when this. it's, like, March, and you have full AC. Mar- people in, Mar- in Mar- like, in other parts of the country are like, March is cold. No, nope. No. Not here in... Again, global warming town where we it's are 85 gonna, always. We're gonna have an episode live from the pool I'm going to fucking be living near. Nice. We're gonna play tennis and record at the same time. Not me. No. We're gonna have I don't know how to play tennis. Um we're gonna sit on hardwood floor. Yes. Everything about I can't. So yeah, we'll let you know, but um we need a photo of like this. If Vince comes home drunk, we'll have him take a photo of us right here. The day that I haven't bathed. You look great. <laughs> You're out of your GD mind. Um, what I, what's, you had one more corner. Oh, it was my, the thing that I, that happened over Christmas, my good story that I didn't tell you the whole thing of. Oh. So at my Aunt Joe's house, um, now my family knows that I have a a podcast about murder. Mm-hmm. Many are excited about it. Some don't like it and told me right to my face. Ga- which ga- is which is fun. Ga- ga- <laughs> ga- fuck fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> um but my lovely Aunt Joe said, Well wait, did you know that Marty had a hand in the arrest of the Night Stalker? <gasps> My cousin Martin, the oldest of all the cousins, I'm sorry, who was a San Francisco um, policeman, (laughs) fucker, fireman, um, who was a cop in San Francisco uh, for many years, he's now retired. uh, Was he had just started? He was like just on the force. He was basically a beat cop, and there was a burglary in the marina, (gasps) and so they went in, and well, while they were looking at the place that had been burgled Uh they found a set of fingerprints (gasps) and so they called the forensic team whatever it's called he told me this story on the phone actually because i i was texting him of like how could you never have told me this what in the fucking fuck and he was like we never talk you're the most you're 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 always in los angeles yeah stop using me for crime and then i was like too bad tell me the story i'm sorry you've been boring the whole time i've known you (laughs) now suddenly you're interesting no this is these are the all my cousins are fun um but he tells me so they find a fingerprint on the windowsill (gasps) they call the guy the team to come and get it and then that fingerprint leads to the identification of richard ramirez dude because so you know how he started in la then he went up to san francisco then he went back down to la okay so 
when he was in San Francisco, that fingerprint basically helped identify him. Holy it, like, shit. And my cousin Marty was one of the two cops they that They had there. that technology then where they could like send fingerprints uh, to places? I guess so. I mean. It was like the late 90s. It was the late 80s. Yeah. I think it was I mean, 89. Like fax, fax machines were in their prime. <laughs> <laughs> they faxed over the request. Yeah. Um, Fuck, dude. That's so cool. It was super exciting to me. And I go, why didn't you ever tell me this? And he goes, no one's ever asked me about this. Or <laughs> You need to write a book. Talked about it. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, and the interesting thing he said was that in that break-in, uh, Richard Ramirez stole a couple things from this, you know, the marina is like super nice yeah. part of San Francisco. Um, there was a girl sleeping downstairs and he didn't know. Thank fucking God. And he didn't go downstairs. If he had gone downstairs, she would be dead. And also... Those when, are my favorite stories. I know. She, she never even knew he was there. So she was like the luckiest. And... Um, also, while he while the Richard Ramirez was in San Francisco, um, there was my cousin uh, my uh, my cousin Marty's daughter Kathleen told me this because she said she's always been scared to pull her car into a garage. Yes, where you have to, to walk out of it. You, well, she's like, anytime I there's a garage, I immediately. Cl- like yes. turn off the engine but immediately close the door well they have those garages that don't have doors where you have to pull into them and then walk back out the garage yes. door and those are very scary very scary so she's like super paranoid of anything similar to that because when Richard Ramirez was in San Francisco there was a woman who got out of her car and he was standing in the front of the garage thing and he shot her and the bullet was deflected by her keys oh my god <laughs> And she survived. Last night, a key chain saved my life. <laughs> Come on, no. Don't, don't. No, you don't. Uh, Elvis yeah. just stopped touching me when I said that. Elvis was, was like, like, that's the stupidest you. thing you've ever How said. How dare you. Mom. So anyway, that was, uh, that was Christmas night. I got to hear all these stories. And it was, it made me so proud um, uh, to be a Kilgariff. It was exciting. I'm proud of it. Is, is his last name Kilgariff? Yeah. That's fucking awesome, dude. Marty Kilgariff. Then Mar- my cousin. Marty. And then Mike is the sheriff. Sheriff Kilgariff. Sheriff Kilgariff. Yeah, that's real. Oh my god. My brother was an usher at a movie theater when he was in high school, and so he was Asher the Usher. Asher the Usher. <laughs> See, dreams come true. Oh, everything's fine. Everything's gonna be okay in twenty seventeen. Uh, well, my second cousin wrote Pink Cadillac, so there we go. The Bruce Springsteen song? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Pink Cadillac. Yeah. He wrote that. That's awesome. Yeah. He's in the Bay Area too. It's <gasps> very twins. cool. What if we're twins? Um, well, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> this is called Family Victories with Karen and Georgia. <laughs> this is called We're Not Losers. <laughs> we have family or successful. Uh, Someone's doing something. Uh, My uh, favorite murder.com has all the. Well, this isn't the end of the show, but. No. You know, we're about to get into some heavy fucking shit. Right. So. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, the, so so take this so information with you. There's go a buy website. Sure. We have a website. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything? I feel like I just I should do something where I write stuff down when I think of it throughout the week. Yeah. And then talk to you about it. Like make a list. Yep. Sure. Find it out. Before um, we get started with the murders, just happy fiftieth episode. Oh my god. Steven! Is, Is this that, it? Yeah, this is episode fifty. <laughs> oh my god, thank god for Steven. Steven. You, even me- you mentioned it earlier and I was like, 
And then just like passed by and I was like, wait, really? No well, mention of it? I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> yeah, this is episode 50. But you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Holy good. shit. Isn't that great? And then the first episode I think aired... January 15th. Yeah. I found it. I found the wow. the very first Instagram account that or Instagram photo on my on my Instagram that says like, hey, Karen, I started a podcast. I'm going to go listen to it. I'm going to post it on the 15th. But that's, <laughs> that's crazy. It's been almost a full year. Holy shit. And 50 episodes. Yeah, 50 episodes. That means our wow. live show at the Orpheum is going to be like, it's the 17th? Someone needs to know that. It's the 20th. Myfavoritemurder.com. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and visit that website. Uh, Oh my god, it's our 50th. Isn't it the 28th or the 24th? No, it's... Uh, Steven. (laughs) This is why we hired you. This is the market edit. Wow. Congratulations. Thanks. Congratulations to you too. Thank you. Uh, I feel like it's not that hard to make 50 podcasts. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Fucking kidding me? Oh, yeah. That's great. Right. It's I mean, it's great because it's doing well and it's not sad. Yep. Yeah. The God 20- bless America. Who's going first? <laughs> Karen can't. Well, we just yeah. What? It's just good. It's cool. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Am I going first? This wait. What's the date of the Orpheum show? Oh, it's the twenty first. Twenty. No. <laughs> None of those us. guesses were right. Do you know Vince and I recently had to look at the inscription inside of his uh, wedding ring to remember what day we got married on? <laughs> <laughs> when your anniversary? And we were both wrong. <laughs> That is inscription is smart. That's a good idea. Yeah, thank God we did that because we were both like the six. <laughs> I was like, I think it was a four, <laughs> and it was a fifth. <laughs> so That's we're awesome. Fun. Yeah, um, Stephen. Part of your new job that we're hiring you for is that you need to remember who went first last time. Shit. Uh, Guy Brandon went first last time. Right. Oh, that's right. Shit. No uh, one went first. New year, new year, fresh start. All right. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter her promo code space 80. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. <sighs> Rock, paper, scissors? That's right. Okay. One, two, one, three, hit? Yeah. Okay. One, two, three, hit. Fuck. One, two, three, hit. I go first! All right. First we got scissors and then I got paper and she got rock. Just guys, <laughs> for, for those for those watching at home. Yep. For those who have to know. All right. Well, this one is like... I didn't want to do this one because I feel like, well, everyone knows, like, I do this a lot where it's like, well, I've been obsessed since I was a kid, so I'm like, everyone knows this thing, but people keep asking us to do it, and it's fucking fascinating, and there's information that one doesn't know about, so I'm like, I got into it, and I got really into it. Okay, cool. So this is the the Tamman Shoed. Oh, yes. The Somerset Man. We have just talked about this, but we haven't gone into detail. Right. So there's some really interesting info about it. So I'm going to get through the beginning. And have you solved it? I've solved it. Oh, great. Okay. Well, of course, I, I in my head, have solved it. You know exactly what. Okay, okay. So, on the morning of December 1st, 1948... A man's body is found on Somerton Beach, which is in Australia. It's it's near Adelaide, which is like fucking has the best serial killers. Uh, he the dead man is is leaned up against uh, a wall. He's on the beach, leaned up against a wall. He's wearing a suit and tie. He's well dressed. There's an unlit cigarette on resting on his collar, as if he was just like about to smoke, and then it fell out of his mouth when he died. You know, oh. I know. So. His feet are crossed. There's no signs of struggle or distress. And people walking by had seen him and thought he was just drunk. He was, like, propped up that way. Um, he had not, no identification on him. What he had on him was an unused rail ticket or a bus ticket, a comb, gum, cigarettes, and a scrap of paper with the phrase, Taman Shud. It's it's hard to find out exactly how to say this. Taman Shud. Spell it. T A M A N S U A S H U D. It's mm-hmm. it's it's not okay. It means finished in Persian. Okay. Um, and the labels had been clipped from his clothing. So the autopsy doesn't find a cause of death, but notes that he was in his forties. He had a fit physique, um, and that they said that he had strong 
and high calf muscles as if he were a dancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like me. All right. <laughs> but you can tell those things, supposedly. So they take his railway ticket and they find his suitcase at the train station. And they know it's his because a spool of thread inside the case matches the thread that he had used to repair one of his pockets. Um, and in the suitcase is a shaving kit, clothes, and a coat with stitching that was specific to U.S. tailoring. So they thought he was from the U.S. Also, he had Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Gum. Oh, that's American. What if this whole time this had just been an ad for Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Gum? <laughs> and they're like, you can't tell it apart anymore. <laughs> Um, and only American men chewed it back then, or Australian men didn't. So, okay, so the paper, the Tom and Shoot, was torn out of a poetry book, a Persian poetry book that was extremely rare. And local librarians um, identified the phrase as the very last two words. It's the Rubaiyat of Omar uh, Khayyam. It's a book of poems from the 12th century by a Persian poet. And the theme of this book is that one should live their life to the fullest and have no regrets when it ends. Hey, fuck a man. Um, and the, the very last line, it's almost like saying the end was Tom and Shude, which is fi- finished. Mm-hmm. And for some fucking reason, that was in his pocket. Okay. So a dude comes forward and says that he had actually found a, this this book in the backseat of his car around the same time and around the same place. Like someone had tossed this book into the backseat of his car mm-hmm. and it had the, those two last words ripped out of it. And in the book that the guy had found were a bunch of lines that were code. It seemed to be code. They didn't make any sense, but they're all capital letters and the letters all kind of seem like how English words would start. So, the theory is that the Somerton man was poisoned. There was no trace of poison found in his system, but the pathologist who performed the autopsy said that his spleen had grown to three times its normal size and that his liver was damaged. And he said, quote, I am convinced the death could not have been natural. And he said, the poison I suggested was a barbiturate or a soluble hypnotic, which is sleeping pills. And But no foreign substance was found in his body, but most of these barbiturates like kind of go away within a couple days. So mm-hmm. it seems like he was poisoned, but there was no poison actually found in his body. And then code breakers have tried to solve the code that's in the actual book. And um, like, okay, so there's these, these like a bunch of letters and they think it stands for, it's time to move south. It's time to move to South Australia, Mosley Street. Which is, like, so stupid, and I think that they just made up. Like, it sounds ridiculous. The letters are I-T-T-M-T, and they came up with it that way, to mostly straight. Well, you're just saying it seems like they're just reaching for something that it yeah. could mean? Yes, but, however... However? However. <laughs> there's also a phone number, an unlisted phone number, in the book. And it belongs to... A former army nurse who lives on Mosley Street. Oh, it's not so stupid, maybe. No. Well, maybe they knew that afterwards and made that up because that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Okay. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, that's all. Well, because is it because it's like the secret code and then all it says is like a place? It's like not even that interesting. Yeah. Or it's time to move to South Australia, Mosley Street. Why would anyone need to code that? Well, maybe the, maybe it doesn't mean what it sounds like it means. Like maybe yeah. it's code within code, where it's yeah, like, where it's like move means something sinister. 
Okay. So the uh, down down the street from where he dies is Mosley Street where uh it's a 5 minute walk to where the person whose phone number where she lives her name is Joe Thompson and she lives on Mosley Street. She when the cops go there she's like I don't know who he is, but actually I gave that exact book to Lieutenant Alfred Box Boxall who she had served with. So she doesn't know who this person is. There's this fucking rare book of poems that she had given to someone she had served with. And you don't in World War II. just give a person a book of poems. No, no, no. They were probably boning. Right. I mean, that's not, you're not like, oh, here's the Rubiat. Yeah. See you later, pal. No, I gave everyone a copy of fucking Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> that I fall in love with. No. No, I don't. Poems. I mean, I've done it, but poems I don't. Poems are a big deal. <laughs> yeah. If someone gives you a book of poems, they're into you. And it's like, a, it's a rare book of beautiful poems. Yeah, she spent like 40 bucks at a bookstore. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, I don't know who that is, but that book sounds familiar. I gave it to this dude. And so they, they're like, well, this dude must be the the Somerset man. But then he turns up in 49 and he still has his copy of his book and what? it's intact. So no. it's not him. Oh. But he has a copy of the book. Like, you know him. Okay. <laughs> So they people could, started, could he sorry could he just as a cover have gotten a second copy at some or like point? what if it was just like they show a photo of it and it's like duct taped into the fucking last page of the book he just like just really shitty with Scotch crayon yep. and it's like written in it crayon is, it is finished no, exclamation it's point uh, yes totally yes what you're saying um, so people started to speculate that. Uh, Lieutenant Boxall was working for the military intelligence at the time, and maybe the Somerton man was a Soviet spy, and he was poisoned by Boxall or some other agent. So he went to visit this woman who had given this man a copy of the book, and they were all spies. And maybe, you know, it's like, it's really interesting. Okay. But Boxall himself dismisses a quote as, it's quite a melodramatic thesis. Say that in Australian voice. I don't, I can't. Oh, it's, I can't. No, I can't. I, they always sound like everything goes up at the end. They, no matter what they're saying, they sound like they're kind of excited. Yeah. Even when they're, that's why I was listening. I told you I was listening to Case File yeah. over the break when I drove to San Francisco. Oh, it's great. And to listen to somebody very seriously talk about murder, but have their inclin the intonation go up at the end <laughs> is so enjoyable to me. Because it's like an exclamation mark at the end of every sentence yeah it just kind of sounds like everything's all right even though it's murder do you know what happened over the i forgot to tell you this at new year's eve i was at joe DeRosa's house and there was an australian girl there who was from adelaide and i was like i did the thing of <laughs> you guys have great murders and she was she wasn't like yeah here's one i remember she uh. was like oh Ugh, I know. Bye. She was very, she was very sweet, but bye. Like Australia has the best murders. Like, yes, tell me about them. And one million of them. And one of them just got. A, she didn't know about the fucking serial killer murder who just got solved. The uh, that's I just case file guy just told me about that. Oh shit, we forgot to talk about detective new detectives. And we'll talk about it at the end. Okay. That'll be our thing. <laughs> it's not new detectives either. It's real I detective. I know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the truth is, it's the Claremont killer. Yes. Yes. They just, like, she didn't know about that. Right. Which I know is like asking someone in Texas if they know about the murder. And Okay. It's so, just, why don't you care? It's just like, 
get involved. Get involved in the the intense serial killing that's happening in your community. Like murder is fun. Wait, hold on though. What? Is Claremont anywhere near Adelaide? I think so. I mean Perth. It's near Perth. Perth. Which has some fucking cool murders. But is per are Perth and Adelaide even in any way? Don't care. If we found out <laughs> if we found out that um, a fucking serial killer like we did recently had been caught finally in fucking Queen or not Queens, but like somewhere, you know, what's far a weird place? What's an what's a faraway place? Uh, uh Oneida, Oneida to you, New York. There you go. We would we would know and be fucking interested because it's true. fucking interesting. It's true. I'm sorry, but like, don't I'm come sorry. at me. I'm sorry, but don't come at me with, oh, really? <laughs> well, mm. also, if you're at a party, look, we've talked about this 80,000 times. What else is there to talk about? We were all bored. There's nothing to sorry, do. Joe. We were all like, I mean, look, it was awkward. She was the only one who didn't know anyone. So I was trying to be nice and like get yes. to know her. Yes. Like I was doing, and she was a sweet. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like, I was trying to fucking include her in the Know the difference between talking about murder and attempted murder. You're not coming at her. You're I mean, just trying to make small talk. There were knives so close, I could have you killed could her have if I wanted. And guess what? Wanted. I didn't. And you should have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is why we became friends. <laughs> at a party. Yep. <sighs> okay, so... <laughs> What's going on, Stephen, over here? <laughs> oh, no. Perth is near Claremont. They're like right next to each other. Right. But so is, Perth, but, but what Adelaide. About Adelaide. But Adelaide is on like the other side. It's near <laughs> Texas, where we have still known about a fucking serial killer getting caught. Uh, Adelaide is right by Texas. <laughs> Am I wrong? But it's like, <laughs> it's Texas. They have their own Adelaide. <sighs> okay. All right. So in 2009, speaking of University of Adelaide professor Derek Abbott, who's like this dude who's like, the dude like who's obsessed with this now like nowadays he's the guy cool you know what i mean and he's a professor that'll help yeah and he's a professor at university of adelaide and he's like i'm gonna solve this which sometimes is like bad because you're like tunnel vision but it's still interesting still get into it so derek abbott thinks that the key to the code is in the actual book that they found um but the addition that was on was near on the Somerset man is so rare that they can't find it a copy of that to like know if it matches up like you know when they they change uh, chapters and they change wording and they change the translation later like we can't find a book that that's old old enough to like match up to this book which is cool like it could be I don't know it could be in there, but it's not in the ones that we can buy, which I'm like, can you imagine going to a fucking used bookstore and finding that book and like, <gasps> right. And also like how put on an APB of like, does anybody have the like, Rubiat look up turn your grandma's in. library? Karen, send, please send. So, you know, the Rubiat, you fucking know about this. What? The Rubiat. Like, that was amazing that you, I didn't the, oh. know what it was called. Oh, oh, oh. it's all knowledge that doesn't help me in any way except for on your podcast oh hi i'm sorry except for on your career (laughs) podcast (laughs) where was i okay so the original autopsy report guess what it's lost they always get Uh, lost the government won't exhume the body um and abbott's trying really hard to get them to exhume the body for dna testing what's the problem well that they won't do it yeah because they think they don't think it'll catch a murderer. That's their thing. Is like, what? it's like if, if there will be Very clues negative. to murder to a murderer, they'll exhume it. But if it's just to to figure out some mysterious clue, they won't do it. But okay, which is like, 
it's got to be expensive to exhume a body, right? Yes, and I understand that they don't want to disturb. It's that's there's a whole thing, but like, yeah, okay, I I see that. It Can I go on record and say disturb the shit out of my body if there's some fucking mysterious clue that needs to be solved? Please. Oh, I'll dig you up so fast. Claw me out. <laughs> Call me. I'm going to have a note taped to my body. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to get you one of those um, plots where you can just, it's never fully buried. Like you can just keep bringing the body up on a little elevator. Do you know about how they used to, there were so many, um, there were so many bodies that got buried that were still alive at a certain point that they started burying people with bells. Yes. Right? Yes. So that if the bell, there was a bell in the coffin that went up to the surface. Surface. So there, if you were fucking buried alive, you would ding it. But then so many people would start decomposing with their finger in the bell because they put it in there. And the gases would move shit and around. And the food ding the bell. How Ugh. creepy would that be to like be the night fucking monitor and just be like <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Every, and like which one's real and which one's not? Now, this was around that time. This is like 1800s. 1700s, right? be, yeah. Yeah. Where like everything was just so creepy yeah. back then. Yeah. Everything's creepy. It was like night. It was always night. Yeah. It was always night. Women always had black lace Plagues. veils over their faces. Plagues everywhere. De- dead children. Piles of dead children. Oh my God. Like you expect your kids to die. You, you, know? just, you're you just alive. Knew it. You'd be like, hey, Great. let's call you Timmy. Who really knows? I'm going to farm you out to this rich couple to be their servant. Goodbye. Because bye. Ultimately. Yeah. Okay. Good luck. Fuck. So dark. <laughs> Everything sucks. But it's the best, but it yeah. sucks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Autopsy report is lost. Okay. All right. Cool. So, so Abbott notices, like in the photos of the Somerset man, he notices a couple things about him that are strange. One is that his upper ear, like the, this part right here that I'm pointing at that you can't see on the podcast, <laughs> is, is, is strangely shaped and the formation is is shared by less than two percent of caucasians so the upper lobe of the ear is larger than the lower lobe of the ear which is rare okay really less than two percent do you ever do that thing where you know ears are really the th- the identifier of people like when you you know when they always have that thing yeah. where it's like is Nicholas cage a time traveler here's a picture of him well, his from ear doesn't Civil stick War. out those ears don't match and you can like immediately if you see and you think could yes. these two people be the same check the ears first or like a little like a kid corpse that like it went missing and like there's a the photo of the kid and there's a f- photo of his body and they're like well his ear doesn't stick the ear out doesn't that's match. it they look exactly the same yeah fuck dude that's cool mm-hmm. although I know a guy in high school who got fucking taped my ears back surgery oh yeah oh that's true is that sad no but that was not now they don't do that now although they guess they could if they like kidnapped a kid and like fixed his ears well i mean yeah you'd have to yeah <laughs> Every, I mean, there's so many possibilities in this life just, i know i love that <laughs> okay so he looks at the body and he is like here are the ears these are wrong um and also he had a condition in which So these certain teeth are missing in the front Mm -hmm. so that your incisors, your pointy guys are right next to your two front teeth. Yeah. Instead of having a buffer. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just like fang. Um, And it's again, less than 2% of the population have this. And I think it's hereditary. So they don't prove anything. Was this guy a chimpanzee? 
Uh, you might have been. Well, okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Karen just solved it. It was a shaved chimpanzee. You know what, in a I just suit. needed to think about it for a little bit. There was while. a carnival in town. Karen say, like, you, sh- you fucking did it. Okay. They don't prove anything on their own. But so, but Derek Abbott examines photos of the, the, of the son of the woman whose phone number is in the book who claims to have nothing to do with him. Her fucking kid, Robin has those same fucking uh, abnormalities. Both? Both. Ear and teeth? Both. Shit. And in addition to that, guess what he does for a fucking living? He's a ballerina. Yep. Are you kidding? I'm not fucking kidding. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye okay blown mind am i wrong what is she doing why won't she be honest because something went wrong because maybe she was a spy and so was he and he came back around and was like what's up i'm here in town because he was in town for like he came into town like they had bus tickets and in the suitcase thing that showed that he was just fucking visiting so he came into town for her oh if you if you believe these theories yes so he came into town to confront her or to see her or to fucking threaten her or to fucking blackmail her or whatever. Or to make her a nice dinner. Yeah. And she was like, I don't I don't want dinner. I'm going to put poison in your food. <laughs> Whoa. Something. All right. Oh, yeah, because he was she, poisoned. And it could have been her. That's why she's lying. It doesn't come up ever in any any web page that you find. But in my mind... Yeah, it could have fucking well, been. She's her. in the mix. She's in up in that mix. Okay, so so his daughter, so her daughter, her her son Robin, who they think is the kid, passes away in two thousand and nine, and his daughter Kate is on sixty minutes in twenty thirteen, saying that his grandma had fucking known this dude, the Summerton man, and that they both might have been spies. And she had no evidence of that, but she also said that she thought that this guy was her dad's father. Huh. Yeah. Like she, the the granddaughter believes it. Um, <laughs> the best, like, I love this part of the story. Maybe I should save it. It's like a really, okay. For what? Next week? I don't week? know. It's just cute. No, for the end, because it makes it less sad. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to save it. Okay. okay, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so they're trying to get Australian government to exhume the body. They won't fucking do it. 
Um, da, 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 da. He looks British in appearance. He's this age. He's in good physical. I don't know. This is all like know. they're saying there's no reason to do it. Yeah, it, he, maybe he wasn't murdered. The thing is that the kid was a fucking ballet dancer and the original autopsy said he had great calves and looked like a fucking ballet dancer, which is like, and those two other fucking things? Come on. Please. Um, so, let's see. I didn't edit this as well <laughs> as I should have. Okay. Okay, so they're they're now trying to test the DNA of the daughter of this woman or I mean the granddaughter of this woman but they don't have the DNA of the Summerton man so but they think that they're related okay so the DNA was anything of him do you know I think they, they made a bust of his face mm. and you can go online and see a really ama- I think what an amazing fucking f- autopsy face photo there's like post post-mortem like photo mm-hmm. and to me i mean and this is so stupid i've always thought he looks like my grandfather who was a eastern european immigrant like i've huh. always thought he looks like that so maybe he was a spy for fucking germany in world war ii but who knows so oh so in the bus they made of him there's some hairs left but i don't think they can get the dna out of it so that's why they're trying to exhume him but they they test the dna of the granddaughter and it turns out that uh that she might be related to like thomas jefferson which if, if it is if he is related he's from america oh okay basically so didn't in, we know that from the juicy fruit yeah we thought that but also it's interesting because if they find someone who is related and they have an uncle who disappeared then we'll fucking know who it is oh you right. know what i mean yeah, which is yeah. really cool um they believe she had an affair they were maybe they were spies maybe they weren't but the fucking best part of this whole story so that's what that's basically what it is we don't know that i, I the last news story I can get from this is from October of 2016. Oh. And it says they're testing the DNA and this and the doctor who seems really fucking cool named Fitzpatrick, her last name it's a she, a she her name is Fitzpatrick is going to do a whole thing about it and she never did. I can't find it. But so the granddaughter Kate and Derek Abbott who's trying to find the DNA in the story of this. The professor got married yeah had three babies what fell in love what how cute is that what if he's just using her he's not for I, dna <laughs> <laughs> every night she's like i just i have these dreams of my cheek being swabbed <laughs> and i just what like, no these, i just like q-tips i love plucking your hair darling <laughs> i mean who hasn't had a boyfriend who wants to pluck your hair am i wrong everybody's gone yeah. through that yeah and there's always a bowl in the toilet that catches your pee <laughs> that's, like I it's mean, just look, a thing it's standard that's so, actually very sweet so like he goes to like he goes there to like fucking find out what's going on i'm gonna interview the granddaughter and she's like here's his information and i believe it too and then and then they make out and then they're just like in the stacks trying to find oh my god files touchy feely how cute is that oh my god it's precious that's like the best like that's so you'd read a book about that and you're like come on shut up well also because everything about else about this case is so frustrating first of all are we sure we haven't done this before because i, I feel like <laughs> all of that was so familiar we've it's talked probably, we've I talked know, about it we've talked about it i know i listened to it on thinking sideways yes it's, for sure that's why i didn't want to do it is it's it, this thing happened like okay I want to say like when Jamie Lee was on the live episode she did a story that I think is fascinating that I would never do because I feel like 
I, we need to do stories that nobody knows about. I disagree. I know. I know. And I agree with that. And when Jamie said she was going to do it, the audience fucking cheered. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we can actually do stories that people know about. We're totally. just like going to find it. I know. I totally know. Totally. So when I found that out, I was like... But then me just saying this right now is like convincing you otherwise, basically. No, you're correct. Oh. I totally think you're no, correct. No, I mean, me saying it sounds familiar. No. I mean, I did Jean Bonnet. Like, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's fine. Yeah, I just, what was the point? Oh, yeah, so we've heard about it. You and I have heard about it. I said to Vince, have you ever heard about this case? And he was like, no. No. So well, also, it's so vague. It's like, so a dead guy is there, and he's got these weird items on him. And he may be this, and he may be that. But he might just be a dead guy. Dude. That, like, there's, you, uh, like, a lot of stuff, a lot of, like, way things have been painted on, like, he could be a spy, and it could be this, and it could be that. Could be just a dead guy. They like, didn't find poison in his body right he could have he but could he have killed himself <laughs> yeah i mean he splained himself out one night just splained you out. need to splain yourself you better splain yourself to me right splain now. yourself <laughs> no it, it's one of those stories that i think everyone knows the first three paragraphs of from yes. like snopes or whatever or yeah. from fucking reddit but the like weird details of it and the people like this guy who are still trying to fucking figure it out who I think are going to be disappointed when they find out. Well, also, I think it's the fear. I think the interest is everyone has the fear. What if for some reason you died and no one could figure out who you were? That's so what cool. a sad, weird thing that would be. Oh, I think it's cool. <laughs> you do? Yeah. <laughs> I think it, to me, like, in, it sounds like What's it's true that he impregnated this woman. He came to confront her somehow. Who knows how he knew her? Why she said she didn't know him? Those things are suspicious. Suspicious to me. Whatever happened was a bummer, and he went and killed himself, or drank himself to death, or some fucking thing, and died there. Yeah, and she. It's just weird that she wouldn't admit to knowing him. Maybe she didn't want scandal of, of being pregnant. Oh, yeah. wedlock I don't know it's fascinating it's so but like also, why were why is she giving poetry books to other people yeah she's slotting it up no oh my god I'm so sorry <laughs> I didn't mean that I will never slut shame like I'm proud of her for doing that but Which this is <laughs> well, this is all theory this we is don't all know. theory yeah um I mean why were his tags cut out of his clothes well, why was there no you know letter he had started in his suitcase it's another thing he and i have in common is often if i get a blouse and it says the it has the letter l i'll fucking cut that letter out (laughs) you don't want an l or a 12 sticking out every once in a while you get like insecure you go to a nice wedding and everyone's like i love your dress where'd you get it and you're like not forever 21 (laughs) (laughs) certainly not the gap outlet nope that's for sure get it there So you cut it out. Yeah. So maybe his shit was like big and tall. And he was like, I don't want anyone to know I'm fat. He was a big fat ballerina who was super insecure with a huge spleen and a smoking problem who just wanted to hang out by the beach. Oh, honey. The summer, summer tin man. What it, what's the okay, actual name of it? The, the, the name of the whole case is the Tom and Shoed. But his, he's being called the what man? Summerton man. Summerton because man. that's the beach he was found on. Okay. Summerton beach. And I feel like, uh, if I ever did a corrections corner, I'd have a lot of them for next fucking week. Hey, come on over to the corner. We have a great time over here. Yeah, welcome. Who cares? <laughs> um, all right. Do you want to hear mine? Absolutely. Mine's weird this week, and this is the one I've been working on 
for so many weeks and I never I can never figure out how to put it together it's like such a long Ted Bundy involved thing no no it's weird okay um it's the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh and the Rajneesh Puram <laughs> community that they set up in central Oregon in the early 80s I know some of those words all right let me walk you no, through it. No, oh my god, Just I'm excited. And it's not there's not an actual murder, it's attempted murder. Okay. But the whole thing is so crazy. Dude. And um it's a story, it's a news story I remember standing in front of the TV watching and listening to my parents get super weirded out because essentially what happened was this. So the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh was born in 1931 as Chandra Mohan Jain, J-A-I-N. And he began his career as a philosophy professor uh, in India. And in the 60s, he traveled um, throughout India as a public speaker. um, And he was a critic of socialism. He was a critic of Gandhi and institutionalized religions. He often spoke against Jesus, calling him both a salesman and a madman. Um, And he transitioned from professor to guru when he noticed there's a lot of money to be made off of unhappy, wealthy Westerners that would come to India searching for spiritual meaning in their lives. Amen. So he he soon, he built a thriving enterprise um, with his lectures and group therapies. He was pro-materialism. What? Yeah. He was like change. He was the change it up guru. So he was pro. <laughs> Someone I, I just see the meme of him like sitting on fire and it just is that right. change it up with his big weird eyes. Uh, he was pro materialism. He was uh, I said anti organized religion and he was an advocate for a more open attitude toward human sexuality. Oh, yeah, he was. He was. I mean, if he could only see Tumblr today, he would be so proud of the leaps and bounds. <laughs> to me, made. that's him saying you have to fuck me. Well, that's exactly you know what right. I mean? Well, he got he became known as the sex guru in the press, um, which his argument was: I've written two books on human sexuality and thirty-eight books on um, meditation, but you call me the sex guru because he's he was all about how Westerners were so puritanical and stuffy. He's clearly never was fucking watched Bob's Burgers and drank a glass of wine, which is like sometimes better than sex. You know? I mean, I mean, it could be argued, but. <laughs> But he was doing things like he was getting his little groups together and then suddenly the idea was maybe you're so uh, you're so pent up about your sex that maybe people need to have sex in front of me so that we all stop being so pent up about sex. It's basically this this whole thing is the study in, um, you know, ultimate power corrupts up absolute power corrupts up absolutely mm-hmm. <laughs> get, get it wrong beautiful words it's the easiest saying to remember because it's the same words at the beginning <laughs> and the end and i still got it wrong absolute power corrupts absolutely so also he had millions of dollars in unpaid taxes so he had to get the fuck out of india how did he have money to begin he with? was because he was charging all these people oh. to come and be in his classes and workshops and listen to his him giving these speeches um learn how to meditate yoga hadn't been a thing yet so they were learning about yoga was like the secret you know amazing practice that how was, cool would it be to like for like i have a couple thousand bucks but to be millions in fucking debt like you are ha- living your best life hells yeah you know what i'm saying yeah because you're beyond yeah you're not like you don't live in a fucking hovel no no not at all i want to owe millions <laughs> you will someday <laughs> thank you um so what they did was 
they decide they're going to leave India and come to America. And uh, so the plan is that he's going to build a utopian city um, for himself and 2,000 of his followers in South Central Oregon. <laughs> yes, it makes perfect sense to me, too. Um, well, so it's not South Central Oregon is empty. They were basically three hours east of Salem, east and south of Salem. Mm-hmm. So they were in this kind of c- central valley that was super empty. It was just a bunch of ranches. And a lot of the ranches um, had fallen into disrepair. Mm-hmm. So they were they were it was bo- almost like a desert ish situation because they had just like over um, grazed the fields and stuff like that was all very brown and kind of shitty oh yeah so thanks guys right so they move in and the plan was they were going to build housing compounds warehouses and support buildings so that their business enterprises that were once based in india could move um to south central oregon and they initially applied for a permit to build housing for 90 people um but soon they they moved their and the numbers were in the hundreds immediately. And um, when he arrived, the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, um, he came to America and he was on a three, he was doing a three year silent, uh, I don't know, meditation or whatever. He wasn't talking. Um, and so his voice was a woman named Ma Anand. Um, Sheila. Her real name was Sheila Patel. She came from a very wealthy family in India and she was kind of like his right hand man. And so she she made the deal to buy the Big Muddy Ranch in right outside of Antelope in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And she was soft spoken and charming and she um hosted a dance in the nearby town of Madras where cowboys partied until dawn. She curried favor buying 50 head of cattle from the Waskow County commissioner, even though the commune was vegetarian. Um, you know, she was like making deals, yeah. kissing babies. And she basically closed the deal so that they could build their, their farming commune. Um, but she, what she didn't know was that Oregon had very strict um, state, zoning laws um, that really limited how many people and buildings could be erected onto ranch land based on the amount. Mm -hmm. So as this development grew, um, they, they kept having to apply for more building permits and uh, they kept going to um, the politicians and saying, Oh, you know, we're just a, we're just a farming commune, but we need, um, more living quarters for the workers because this is, there's so much abused rangeland that we need, um, more people to help mm-hmm. us fix it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the problem was that they were basically a bunch of rich, like college educated, well off kind of, um, like it was pre yuppie. It was early yuppie. It was like post hippie. Yeah. Pre yuppie. Yeah. yeah. They were the people, they were the the people that eventually became yuppies yeah. that were like, Oh, we don't have to live on the commune. We can just go to yoga classes. Yeah. But at that time they were kind of like, they had the hangover from the sixties of like the, the whole hippie thing had fallen apart. Yeah. And then the Vietnam war bummed everybody out. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people went to India in the first place to be like, what the fuck is life? Like, what yeah. is anybody doing? And suddenly taxes were for them. We're fucking nothing. What do you mean? 
Like they had Reagan, so taxes for rich were oh, right. nothing. And they were doing things like, yeah, they had they were rich, so they would sell their Porsche and send their money to the ranch. Oh. Um, and then go live there um, and they didn't they just worked for free. So it was like they were giving all their materialistic um stuff they were like well well, i'm gonna help out and that's gonna make me feel better spiritually and then they can kind of escape like the the structured world of taxes and having a job and all that stuff they're gonna put their whole life into this commune with the safety net of knowing that they could fucking leave it at any point if they wanted to yeah because their parents still live in a really nice house in like marina del rey or whatever um they all had to wear red pink red or maroon clothing and when they joined up like this was the change they would i can't can't, there's a word for it joining up is not it but like they would go through like something and then initiation it's like an initiation the bagua shri rajneesh would put a mandala around their neck which is a beaded wooden necklace that would have a big picture of them of him Mm. um on the on it and so they were like all the so all these people wearing red with these wooden bead necklaces suddenly start showing up in central oregon and if you ever been to anywhere like this or even central california it's like a little strip of arkansas right here on the west coast like it's very farm it's very republican it's very conservative it's it's um people who live far away from other people they like things their way and they don't want a bunch of fucking weirdo rich hippies Uh in red clothing coming into their town 30 40 80 at a time Mm -mm. and that's exactly what was happening so it's kind of awesome because and they were all wearing red so and like with shit in their hair and like and they weren't it wasn't a hippie thing like they weren't like drugged out and like hey yeah. free peace love they were kind of like trying to trying to take over a did little you bit see, did you watch the leftovers I did I like the first I'd say the first seven episodes of but the like first the people season. in the white clothing that were like the smoking yeah cult? yes it sounds like that to me yeah just so creepy where they kind of like when you see there's a tons of great documentaries about this whole thing and there's great footage but it's there is a lot of that like there's a little of the leftover in like dancing in golden gate park like ecstatic dancing Mm. and group kind of hangouts and stuff but it's so much more um there's so much more of a business aspect Mm. you can tell that they're trying to monetize spirituality well the difference between a 70s cult and an 80s cult is so probably so fucking different yeah for sure and this one had that thing of like they just started showing up in droves and freaking locals out badly sure and in their weird red clothing and they were kind of like even the the one documentary i was watching the guy who now is probably in his like late 60s 70s gray hair like clearly not in it anymore but was so they were just aggressive because they were just so quick to be like well you you were racist or you were against our religion or you were anti you know you were xenophobic or whatever it's like yeah maybe except for that if you were starting a commune with 90 people that's one thing yeah but basically Basically, it en- they ended up having two thousand followers, and you on infiltrated this ranch. the town. They infiltrated a town, Antelope and Madras, where they're t- like kind of their two closest towns. And so, basically, what happened is instead of it being a small commune, they w- it turned into this big thing, and they had to keep going to the city and and applying for more permits and more permits and saying, "We need it for this. We need. Oh, sorry, we didn't realize, and we just need it for this." And so, the city had to start going, "No, like this is crazy. We- you." 
this this land is not zoned for you guys to start a city essentially and the, at first they were trying to be they didn't want to come off as like hicks and like people who are like against outsiders mm-hmm. they didn't want to come off bad also them coming there they actually did the thing that they were saying they were building um they built a dam they brought the water table up like the whole the entire valley that they lived in became bright green when you see these it's kind of amazing these helicopter shots of the area and it's like bright green and they have like or they started organic farming so it's like kind of a mass organic farming where um Somebody in this documentary was saying once they had everything built up and there was like a main street and there was um there was a mall, they had a mall, they had restaurants. Oh my god. They would give tours to locals like you can come and see what we're doing. We're not like trying to be hide anything. That in the around central Oregon they'd be like the only good place to eat is it as Raj Rajneesh Puram was the name of the town. Wow. Or, you know, would eventually they tried to make into a town. People would go there to eat because it was like really good organic food it was kind of like the original the original um farm to table yeah situation but they were doing it with this um uh it was a culty version of it essentially Mm -hmm. um because they still did you know and he also the bhagwan tree rajneesh would just come out and sit there but he wasn't talking so he wasn't like preaching or saying anything to anybody they would like and sometimes he just wouldn't come out at all like so he in the when he first got there he would make appearances but then after a while he just wasn't doing it and basically there was just a bunch of people like manual labor farming and doing shit for free and dedicating their whole life to like building up this what eventually was becoming a city that's what i was thinking is i bet the the locals would be so much more stoked if you were bringing in jobs but you're not you're just higher you know everyone who just is a fucking cult member is doing it for you. The people it was good for were people that owned backhoes and like big like caterpillar oh, earth movers. Uh-huh. There was a couple people it was good for, but mm-hmm. not on the whole, no. On the yeah. whole it was like and and the other problem was so they they wanted these permits they wanted to keep expanding and they started get being told no so they started infiltrating like the um local government so they would go in and like demand per they would demand to see permits or files or papers at the wasco county um courthouse and there's two people that work there because it's like a courthouse in the middle of nowhere in this county that doesn't have that many people and 40 of them would go down and be like we demand to see it so it started it it started off very uh, aggressive and and of course made it was already like you're all wearing red and jumping around and now you're like we want to see this we want to do this then they have um they have elections and they end up electing a bunch of the Rajneeshis, as they're called onto fuck. onto the city council oh, or, or onto the whatever co- county whatever it would be county yeah. people county group um so that they suddenly now are the ones that are because they're trying to get their people in yeah. so that they get told yes smart because what they want to do it, they really did want to build a city and they wanted to bring more and more people there and they're starting to make serious money and the other reason they said that they had the tours is because they want to make sure parents who like 
those rich parents were talking about could come and see where their mm-hmm. children were and what they were dedicating their life to. That it wasn't some secret cult yeah. that they could come and shop in the mall and buy a bunch of red clothes if they wanted to <laughs> or eat their organic pizza or whatever. And that everything was chill. And then they dance around ecstatically. There'd be discos. Mm-hmm. There was like a whole thing. And then they'd leave going, I guess it's fine and keep on giving them the money. And they were making a shit fucking ton of money. Now, the other thing was that the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh um, said when he he went into silence and he put that woman, Ma Anand Sheila, uh, who was also known as Sheila Silverman, because she was from India, but she had married... Um, an American um, here, and she, you know, was uh, an American citizen, I guess. Um, she, Ma Anand Sheila, who everyone called Sheila, she was in charge, and then he had four other women beneath her, and they ran the entire city. And his, he, the Bhagwan Sri Rajni said he wanted a city run by women, and he wanted, okay. like, strong, strong um, women to be in power and what would a city look like if women if it was a matriarchy basically mm-hmm. um, so everyone's kind of like into that idea because yeah. what harm could there be if it and they had these women that were the tour guides that when you went there to see the cult your child had just moved to and started wearing all red clothes it would be all these beautiful they call themselves the Twinkies and they would guide you around and be like here's the look here's the mall and here's this and I'm really pretty and we're all great and we eat lettuce all the time and everything's good that's our fucking tour, the Twinkie tour. <laughs> so it's just all, uh, they're trying to make sure people have positive, it's positive PR okay. all the time. The problem is, that the Jonestown cult yeah. and the Jonestown massacre had only happened three years before. Oh, fuck. So aside from locals being locals and not being that into a bunch of hippie weirdos coming into their town, um, Everybody, the press, everybody was scared of anything like that happening yeah. in America. And it was close to San Francisco where Jonestown started, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it it was... Relatively, not really. Like a, a plane flight away. Okay. A long car ride away. Okay. But still, but yes, closer than other places. Okay. And yes, that's where... <laughs> that's Geography. Where, right? Um, you could drive up the five and get there. Sure. Um, but yes, I mean, it's that sensitivity of however many people died at Jonestown, 800, mm-hmm. something like that, hundreds, mm-hmm. they're not going to just let a bunch of people, you know, getting super into this one religion and yeah. starting a city about it. Yeah. Because it's also the thing of the ch- separation of church and state. Right. And that idea of like, what's actually behind this? Um, the other thing too, uh, was that they were making so much money that the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, one of his favorite things was Rolls Royces. And so by 1984, he had the largest private collection of Shut Rolls Royces up. in America. He had 94 of them. Holy fuck. Who the fuck? <laughs> and that was his pro-materialism thing. It didn't oh, seem right. like other people got to be very ma- materialistic, yeah. though, because I don't think they were getting paid to, like, fucking run those backhoes no. and, like, run entire huge lettuce farms or whatever. Um, you don't fucking buy 94 Rolls uh, rolls races with fucking lettuce farms no no there's some serious cash getting yeah. stacked that yeah. he gets to spend um so his thing was he they were because the the relationship between the citizens of central oregon and the rajneeshis was getting um you know 
heated, uh, heated, let's say, um, he no longer was doing, making appearances. So what he would do was get into one of his many Rolls Royces and drive. And so he would just drive down the road and all the Rajneeshis would line up in their weird clothes and they would jump and stand and clap and sing and whatever. And he would drive by and wave to them and drive with no hands. He would do his hands and prayer hands and then bow to them as he was driving down the thing. And that was the really famous, like, uh, that's what I remember as like, you know, a 12 year old or whatever. Is there a video whatever. of this? Yo, yeah. You can watch all this on Holy YouTube. Holy shit. It's pretty amazing. And they, and they showed it on the news all the time. Cause it was this thing that was like, oh, this is an interesting starting yeah. up in, up in central Oregon. And then it was like, Hey, have you seen this lately? Well then after a while their, their side of things say that they tried to have a festival and the local, Authorities said you can't have a festival unless you have a security force. Mm -hmm. And so they started walking around with Uzis. Mm -hmm. So when the he would go to do his drive, there would be two dudes with like all the red clothes, but then with like berets to the side carrying Uzis as they were walking. Berets are fucking always bad. Berets are not a good sign. Nah, dude. So, so. So they basically have their own security force and it was serious enough where they got trained at the state police um, academy. They went off and got trained as a security force and came back. They makes call me feel better though. I mean, yeah, they call themselves a, a peace force. Uh, um, Cause you need Uzis when you're a fucking peace force. I mean, now the other thing is they were getting threatened a lot. Okay. Of course, you know, a lot of letters, yeah, a lot of phone calls. And they owned a hotel in Portland that got bombed, that oh, got firebombed. So once the firebombing started happening, there was more and more guns that, and like the the security force thing kind of came up more and more. Did anyone die in that? Because I wonder if they did themselves to like be like to get sympathy or like get a reason to get those guns. Well, they actually would use the negative press when they when they would um, like something like that, anything where it showed that the locals or people of Oregon were like after them because there were protesters that would be on the city. They would be like, get the hell out of town. Yeah, um, they would take that footage and send it to the other um i want to say ashrams but i don't know if that's the right word there are other hangouts around the country and around the world yeah um sex 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 (laughs) i wonder if those those they would send that footage so that and then go look how we're being attacked and they would send them money but i wonder if those protesters were fucking ashram dudes oh even I like it like so they're just propaganda yeah could be I believe in Although, nothing but I think that people were super I'm like sure, yeah. get the fuck out of here yeah, yeah, yeah. like what are you guys doing yeah um so basically we'll just cut to this part because okay. there's a lot of stuff about permits that I was no. like writing 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 and I'm like I don't know if, does anyone give a shit about Mm-mm. this permit action did they get them yes or no no right. <laughs> well it, basically the answer was no so then they they started getting voting themselves onto boards okay. they basically infiltrated the politics in the community smart. around there very smart so that they could start making all the decisions for themselves and make this city as big as they wanted um so, but here's where they went wrong. They, there was a big important vote coming up. So they started bussing in homeless people from all around the country to come and live at the Rajneeshpuram in the city. 
um, they were saying that they were doing it for this their spiritual life and because mm. they wanted them to. But these were all just homeless people that they were finding on the streets. And these people would get there and they'd be given clothes, they'd be given three hots and a cot, and be like, "Hey, you can go, you can go work on the lettuce farm and have something to do." Yeah. And there's, it's sad. There's guys that like talk to the cameras and be like, "Yeah, there's nothing for me out there. I might as well be here yeah, sure. and actually have something to do." And like, I'm not. I don't have to worry about getting stabbed on the street. Sure. So. They ended up bussing in 4,000 homeless people. fuck. So that in the next uh, Wasco County election, they basically take start to take over politics. Yeah. And um, what ends up happening is the people that were in place, you know, the people that were already the county supervisors or whatever mm-hmm. they are, did this thing where when everybody showed up to vote that day, they said, if you are newly registered to vote, you we're putting a, a like a ban on your vote and you and we were taking this to court. That's not how that works. Well, but you can. Do, I guess there's some some circumstances. Yeah. They were like pulling out an old law or whatever, of yeah. like saying you can vote, but you have to first go to this trial and like be at a hearing to prove that you're here to vote, that you're wow. really a citizen of this sit of this city, because they knew exactly what they were doing. And so Jesus. then they tried to turn it into this woman, Sheila, tried to be like, "I'm voting for you." This is because a lot of these people were like Vietnam vet, yeah. Um, homeless people. I mean, they were the people that like had been screwed over truly by society. And so conceptually it was a really nice idea. But once uh, that happened and of course nobody was going to go to the hearing, nobody was going to go sit there and be, talk to a judge about how they, yes, they were here and they were really a citizen and blah, blah, blah. So, so few of them went that, and, and like 95% of the locals showed up to vote, you know, highest voting turnout ever for the actual locals that, that, um, none of the Rajneeshis won anything and it, it went completely in favor of the locals. Yeah. Well, then they just dump all these homeless guys. (gasps) Most of them went to, to Portland, but they just. They just sent them out of town. Oh my god! And dumped them in just like l- close by, in like no local places of like, well, here you go. Didn't work. Bye. Yeah, and that's when it all started to fall apart. Where it was like, yeah, all of this, like you could say that you're doing this for the spirituality. That would be a beautiful thing if there's a place for people to go who are homeless, yeah, who are on the streets yeah. and have nowhere to go. But this is clearly not a charity, right, or anything. You're not going to let these people come here and stay. They were. You were clearly using them. Yeah. That sucks. And yeah, once that vote didn't turn out the way they wanted it to, it all got exposed. The other thing that happened was that they went to um, check on the housing. The the local sheriff went to check on the housing for these people because there was kind of like a tent city. They didn't have enough like building housing for them because there's so many. Yeah. But they did have um, tent like tent housing that they used during their festivals. And so the sheriff was going up there to make sure that there was like proper housing for mm-hmm. that many people. Mm-hmm. And when they got up there, there was like a huge caterpillar earth mover that was blocking the entire road and Uh the sheriff had to basically turn around and go back to town so they were like actual caterpillar and i got so excited (laughs) james and the giant feet oh but a a caterpillar that huge though great Mm -mm. go on sorry that's upsetting i know it would be all like furry um so anyway they basically are like we got to call in 
higher ups. This is crazy yeah. and something's really happening. Yeah. So, um, sorry, I have to get to my page. So they have officials, um, from around the county go and visit and be like, what the hell is going on? And while they were there, uh, I'm trying to find the name. Um, can you, I, can, while you're looking, yes. can you imagine, so the governor of, was it the governor of San Francisco who went to Jonestown to check on everyone? Yeah, I, I don't think he was the governor. I but may, he was something. Yes, sense. he was a big wig. So he shows up to check on his citizens who had moved to Jonestown. Yeah. And he ends up getting shot and killed by which triggered and started off the the Jonestown massacre. Yes. Can you imagine, and that was three years before, before, those fucking city officials being like, we're looking into this shit? How terrifying must that be? Yes. And a lot of them talk about it. It's really a, a, an interesting thing worth watching because they were so scared. At first, they were scared to look like racists and to look like people that were just rejecting people yeah, out of hand. Yeah. But then after a while, they knew that they couldn't, like they knew that this had turned into a thing that there was beyond just them like going in and arresting people, yeah. that that was not po possible. Yeah. And the sheriff, um, who at the time, I mean like now he's aged very well because now he must be like in his late sixties. And at the time he was like in his thirties and he was like, someone goes, well, are they like a, person from the press goes are they blocking the road and he goes well i don't know if they're blocking it but i mean it's blocked so i guess we'll just go like they're absolutely not trying to be in conflict with yeah. these people but at this point it's like a welfare check more than yes anything. exactly yeah. like they're trying to say yeah we just want to make sure everything is kind of what it's what you're claiming it is yeah well then sheila shows up uh -oh. and she's like she's like kind of in everybody's face it's pretty interesting too when you see her she gets interviewed a couple times and she actually picks up her hand and points into the face of the interviewer or mm. into the camera where it's like aggressive what, what are you doing yeah like if this is also chill and spiritual yeah. but you can tell she's like it turned into like yeah we're like you're fighting for your commune but after a while that's not really what's happening this yeah. is a power move yeah and a power grab like they're trying to take over like they want they want they want the state for themselves or they want the area for yeah. themselves okay so anyway um i can't find this guy's name basically <laughs> basically the um fuck the oh I don't have the name, but it's three county commissioners. Mm -hmm. So they went to tour the ranch. And while they were there, they were given glasses of water. And mm -mm. when they get home, they mm. become seriously ill. Oh, come on. And they had been poisoned with salmonella. Holy fuck. But they can't prove that it, like, they can't prove it. Like, they get very ill. And then they're just kind of out. And like, so that they can't go to work. Then... Uh, it took them a full year to, to like tie it all back and oh get all the proof. God. Then, um, around all, central and southern Oregon, there are reported 751 cases of salmonella. Shut the fuck and up. And people, uh, 45 people were hospitalized. There were no fatalities. But all of these people got it, like one after the other. And it turned out that Rajneeshis were going out to <gasps> restaurants 
and sprinkling salmonella onto salad bars and putting it into salad dressing. How do you get salmonella to sprinkle? I don't know. In my mind, like, you have to wring out a steak into a fucking... I mean, they had... The the setup that they had on these farms yeah. and these ranches, I mean, I don't... I could not tell you, but they figured it out. Fuck. And I mean, like, they could have had, like, labs or yeah, yeah, yeah. other things on these farms. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, all they know is that they were that these salad bars were poisoned and the idea was that they were going to keep voters from right. voting. Okay. It was the idea. Jesus. Um, and then the, uh, the last thing that happened, which I think is kind of amazing is a Rajneeshi named, um, Ma Anand Puja, uh, heard that politician James Kamini was, um, at St. Vincent Hospital. Um, so she went there and she, the idea was that she was going to inject a deadly <gasps> mixture into his intravenous tube that would stop his heart. Holy fuck. Um, but when she arrived uh, and went got into his ho- hospital room, she saw that he didn't have an intravenous uh, hookup, but he was just laying in the bed. Oh, so she shit. just panicked and turned around and left. <sighs> but they act. The plan was they later found out when they raided the place and got all the like secret documents uh-huh. and everything that the plan was they were going to kill him. Oh my god! Yeah. So this was so basically this was Sheila's plan to like take over Jesus. Oregon. So where is she now? She fucking fled. She fled to West Germany. Oh dear. Um oh actually when they when the cops finally got in, the the um ultimate plan was they were gonna put poison into Oregon's water supply. Fuck. Um uh, and people, they also had all of the rooms bugged at the ranch. Okay. And they were, they had like files on Rajneeshis in the ranch. So they, like, they weren't only going to do harm to outsiders. Yeah. They also were like keeping people in line and doing weird shit within the ranch. Like, there was a lot of crazy shit going on. Um, the Bhagwan Sri, Sri Rajneesh, she basically left. Um, he, came out and like agreed with the like cooperated with the the authorities Uh told him everything broke his three-year silence um uh and then basically tried to get onto a plane uh and he um tried to flee by Learjet a a plane came in and it was a big enough place where they could land a plane and then they got off there was the flight plan was that they were going to refuel in uh, Charlotte North Carolina and then they were going to go back I guess to India but in in Charlotte they landed and the cops arrested him uh, and they deported him because he was he the whole time he was on a visa that was like had expired long ago then they found her um and uh, she served three years of a sentence before she was deported off of U.S. soil. Um, and the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh died in 1990. Um, the camp was converted into a Christian camp, mm. but uh, so it's in, legit now. Yeah, uh, but then in 1996, it was destroyed by fire, and all all of the structures were destroyed. Damn it! That'd be so cool to do a live episode from there. Um, I, oh my god, could you imagine? We yes. drive up to that lake. But also, just to keep your eyes peeled, because um, he eventually, before he died, he changed his name to Osho, which is actually a Japanese honorific. Mm-hmm. It's um, And so, if you see quotes on the internet 
for, from Osho, mm-hmm. it's actually the Bhagwan Tree Shut Rajneesh. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just so you know, it's not some some wise Japanese sage from long ago. What is, does he quote shit on the internet? What does he do? Yeah, you see quotes from Osho all the time. And it's that stuff of like, you know, um, you know, we are here for a short amount of time. It's all it's like shit I've said. It's I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just that stuff of like, you know, Time. So he's still pract- like practicing. No, he's dead. Oh. But his like because he changed his name, he doesn't have the right. mark of like the Bhagwan Tree Rajneesh is known as the cult leader, the yeah. kooky cult leader who tried to poison everybody. Osho just sounds like some guy playing a flute underneath totally. an old tree. But it's actually this guy. Fuck, dude. I know. That's cool. Yeah. Fucking cults, man. Cults, dude, my fave. They're so good. Anyway, that's mine. I love it. No one died. My apologies. No, they tried. They tried and they were they really bad fucking tried. At it. They tried hard. Also, the locals tried too. There was lots of like bad bumper stickers that were like Kill gun sites <gasps> with, you know, it was not a good time in the early 80s in Central never Oregon. I've heard about that. That's yeah. so cool. It was crazy. Oh, we're supposed to talk about one thing that was good this week. Okay. Let's tell each other. I think yours is that you bought your niece fucking Doc Martens for Christmas. Don't do mine for me. <laughs> <laughs> then we get into a fight at this at the positive part. Okay, well then mine is that you bought your fucking niece Doc Martin because that's the coolest thing I've ever heard in my that life. A, that was a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's not do it anymore. I mean, we have to think this hard about. We just sit, take a second. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's give up. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know. Life is good. Um, there was something while we were talking that I thought of, and then I'm like, "Don't sidebar it again." What? I can't remember. Sidebar. I wish I sh- I should have written it down. We should take notes during the week, and I, then we should take notes while we're talking. We should treat this like a fucking thing. I don't know though. I should know. we? I mean, it's working. It's working pretty fucking well. Uh, oh my god, there's so many things in my life that are good and I just can't remember one of them. I guess that I'm moving into a fucking real apartment. Like a yeah, grown that's up fun. a grown up person. We just got an apartment and I'm scared, but it's it's exciting. Yeah, that's very exciting. You know what? The thing this week that I'm that I'm happy about my dish I'm gonna have a dishwasher. What's yours? Oh fuck yeah. It's fucking real detectives. Oh yeah. That's it. Sorry. You got, no, I, I was noise. happy for you. Um there's a new sh- there's not it's not a new show actually mm-hmm. it just the first season is on Netflix but the second season I think is on regular TV if you DVR it um, and someone tweeted us and said thanks so much for the recommendation of Real Detective I love it and I'm obsessed with it you're but welcome we, we never did you're welcome we, we didn't give that recommendation you're welcome <laughs> But it's this. Here's why I love it. It's like I survived, but it's first person from the guy who solved the crime. And it is. They're like, you love them. You're so in love with them. They're so like low key, manly, but but super haunted because they're these cases that you're like. Are the cases really good? Oh my god, they're incredible. And there are there like. Real photo, like crime scene photos. No, there's really good reenactments. Um, is that a thing? Really good reenactments. There, it is because they actually there's actors you recognize oh, that are in these reenactments. That's fun, and they do it in a way where you're just it's it's similar to, um, I don't know any. Yeah, I think Crime to Remember is the only one that has really good reenactments. It's similar to that, but it's less um, artistic and more down to business okay. of like 
the guy tells you this is how it was for me and then you see him do the thing i'm into i'm into actors that i know and not ones that i'm like oh god you're struggling and you got paid 110 dollars for this reenactment right and then you had to pretend to be raped yeah and then you're just in that red bra laying there. yeah um no, this is very cool. And also, it's because it's from... I just... There's something about a homicide detective that's just, like, insanely... You, It's just... Pure. They're my Brad Pitt. I get it. I dig it. Well, it's just bold. It's like, what a hard job. Totally. What a horrible job. Totally. Yeah. Pretty God, cool. God bless them. God bless. <laughs> Amen. Um, Go to myfavoritemurder.com for things and stuff. And thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. We like you guys. We sure do. Stay Uh, sexy. And don't get murdered. Bye, bye, bye. Elvis, you want a cookie? Oh. Did that work? It did. Jesus. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.